sit down boys if I get a treat for you fighting the fight when it comes to technology we are the knights of the kingdom of geekery we rise up when it comes to the challenge of discussing all this nerd knowledge we are the digital soup we are the digital soup we bring with lots of laughter Tune in now if that's what you're after Digital Soup We are the Digital Soup We are the Digital Soup With Jason Adam and usually Dave All right, everybody, welcome back. This is episode 178 of the Digital Soup Podcast. We're going to be talking about the 10, top 10 most overrated movies today. But before we do that, I'm usually Dave. Joining me, as always, is Adam. How you doing this week, man? I'm feeling a little overrated. Yeah? Well, yep. I've been harassing you all week. Um, feel <laughs> yeah. like an absolute pest. <laughs> Starring John Leguizamo. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been we've been kind of working as we talked about when when uh, the news broke that Jason had to step away that we were going to be looking at transitioning to some new things and trying some things. And we tried that music episode last week, which I think the conversation was really fun. But of course, yep. the the one common thing that we both agreed with, as well as from listeners, is that man, it would have been so much better if you had music playing. Yep. And yeah, I know there's a bazillion podcasts that do it, but I actually listened today to a live stream webinar with a lawyer who works in the podcast field and talks about, you know, all kinds of legal questions, everything else. So I asked him and uh, he said, well, the bottom line is unless you're going to pay for all the licensing for all this stuff and go through all of that each and every week for every single track you're going to use and everything else, don't do it. Um, Because unfortunately... These companies can come after you, and if they do, it's a big headache. But not only that, but Apple and Spotify and all those fun places are getting really vigilant with their AI uh, machine learning, and they're booting shows off. <laughs> and so we shows that, that use that music. Yeah, YouTube's been doing that for a while. Yep, and they're really, I guess, uh, from the head of uh, the, the the hosting company we use, who was on this uh, webinar as well, they said they are getting requests that are increasing exponentially on a daily basis, mm. um, where these you know platforms, Apple and, and Spotify, are getting more and more <sighs> aggressive with it, which sucks. And, and yeah, it's frustrating because we're this you know under the guise of fair use, you're supposed yep. to be able to. And that's how the news plays clips of stuff. Yep, but because it's a podcast, and you have. Some kind of AI going through and listening. And well, going, oh, that's a song from such and such. And You're it's not only get... that. I un- what I learned on this call today it was actually pretty interesting. And in, in listeners, if if you do anything with music and podcasting, you may be interested in this. The biggest factor is that because podcasts, yes, they do stream, but they are downloadable content. Hence, it makes it a reproduction. Whereas, like a radio station, a radio mm-hmm. show that would do something like that. That's a one-time play and out. I mean, granted, someone at home could hit record on their, you know, player. Yeah. But it, terrestrial radio versus podcasting, it comes under these new media rules, and right. it throws a whole wrench in it. So, unfortunately, See, the music playing of music is out. I think there's everybody does it because no one's getting busted for it. And yep. honestly, you look at Mixer or Twitch, and yeah. people are streaming like. There's all kinds of music playing in the background or, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just the way it is. 
Yeah, and, and I, I think I remember, we're um, when when I worked for one of the government agencies, they were setting up a YouTube channel, and to test it, they had the radio playing. The video yeah. got tagged and flagged because the music on the radio was caught by the AI. All right. <laughs> it's like your test videos, you you now have a, a, a thing on your account. Right. Copyright infringement. Right. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Unfortunately, that means we cannot play music. Yeah, but so listeners, the- I'd like to hear from you guys. I mean, I know there's a handful of you that have have reached out, and I've talked to a handful of our usual. Uh, super friends that are pretty vocal and talk to us. Uh, but I'd like to hear more from you guys. Like, you know, what do you think? Do you want to hear more of these music conversations, even if we can't play the music? Or what do we want to do? Because I, I really dig the idea of being able to make this playlist, but we'll figure something yeah. out. But yeah, I've been pestering Adam with ideas for this whole week, and we got a meeting scheduled, and we're, we're, we're doing it right. We're trying to make this the best thing we can for you guys. And I'm <laughs> I'm... Literally, like, freaking out, obsessed about it, and Adam, poor Adam, is putting up with it so kindly, and he's busy as all get out outside the show, and so I, I feel like a massive pest this week. Yep, a complete tool. Yeah. Let's talk about some ramen. Are we ready for some ramen? I, I'm a, I could go for a little snack, yeah. Okay. Well, the iPad Pro 2020 is getting one missing feature, the one missing feature, to replace mm. your laptop. Can you guess what it is yes because i put the story in (laughs) no this is cheating it is (laughs) a cheater not only my past i'm a cheater no this is very cool though because and it blows my mind that this hasn't been an official apple thing yet it's a keyboard yeah it's a a, it's a yeah keyboard with a trackpad you do have to pay for it but I mean, having an official, I mean, there are tons of third-party, like, keyboards and Bluetooth stuff you can get, but having an official Apple product, yes, it's going to cost more money, of course, because it's Apple. (laughs) Is it going to be a $999 stand? Yeah, I hope not. (laughs) But I think it's cool because this new iPad Pro that's out, from everybody I've talked to that has them, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, like, designers and, and stuff like that. And they are using this thing to make all of their design work, like high-end stuff. And it is just a powerhouse, and a lot of them are just not needing a computer for that anymore. You know, it's it's kind of replacing the the graphics tablet and the laptop and all of it and putting it all in this one, throw it in your bag it's and go. It's just a phase. <laughs> yeah. Ain't nobody going to use that. Yeah. So I think I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> You know what else is cool? I just Googled the uh, Apple Pro stand. Yep. Yeah. And th- these new items coming soon in stores, retailing for nine ninety nine. A thousand bucks? A thousand dollars for their their they didn't drop the price after all the crap they got. Oh, for the the, the Apple computer. Pro stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just the just the monitor stand that we talked about from Apple. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I remember I think Jason had linked it up to us. It was a, a video of I Justine or whatever that woman's name is on YouTube. She's super popular. Um, but she got her new when it first came out, she got set up with this brand new rig and dual monitor setup and everything. Whether it's worth a thousand dollars, I don't know, but this thing No. It well, I'll tell you what. No how easy it was to <laughs> both connect the monitor to it. It was like almost like one of those magnet type things where it just boop pops right into a socket and not only that but the whole thing like if i remember right rotates and all this crazy stuff so you can use it vertically like a giant ipad i mean 
I don't know if it's worth a thousand bucks, but it seemed like it was very well built. Not I'm en- sure it is. Not enough to to make I'll, me, you know, part with my money. I'll never know. No, I won't either. <laughs> <laughs> so if the iPad Pro does get a touchpad, it would be a better alternative. Um, kind of like MacBook. It would be a better sure. alternative like the MacBook Pro, but also okay. Let's undo what I just said because the the writing in this article is atrocious. <laughs> I, I didn't it, I didn't link. It this doesn't up. even have real English. <laughs> well, it's surprising because Tom's, Tom's guide, guide is guide. Usually, yeah, yeah. It's usually it literally good. says if the iPad Pro does get a touchpad, it would be a better alternatives like the MacBook Pro, but also to the Microsoft Surface Pro. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to so stop. What? Like, what the heck am I reading? I think what they're trying to say is it might be a better alternative than yeah, the uh, the MacBook or you know, and, and I guess it depends on what you're needing power power wise. But if they if they do this and this thing works how as advertised, I could see that really making a dent in maybe not the high end MacBook Pro line, but their more consumer based you know mid mid tier and lower laptop lines because this would give you all the functionality and. Better battery, better, you know, all that well, stuff. Not quite all the functionality. You're getting an iPad with a keyboard. True. True. Right? So Depends you, on what you you're might doing. You're missing I guess. on some of that, that core Mac stuff, or even, you know, as a competitor to the, the Surface Pro, it's not quite there yet either. No. It's still a full blown Windows system. But. Yeah. Well, I think the big thing is if the iPad Pro gets the ability where you can attach very easily, like, you know, SSD drives, external drives, some of that kind of stuff. Because that still, to me, is the limitation with an iPad. You know, and I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Maybe it has it now. I I haven't used mm, the new iPad Pros, so. but you know, I know historically it's always been kind of a pain trying to find a way to attach these external devices. I mean, there's companies like Narbox and um, I think Narbox. Western <laughs> SanDisk or Western Digital has a uh, uh, pretty pretty decent you know hard drive that can do this stuff too. But we'll see what happens. But the keyboard is on yeah. the way. You think they could use it to record, like the iPad Pro, to record a music video from Lady Gaga? You <laughs> can't talk. Certainly. Shishimi. <laughs> well, I put this. I put this in here for you. Um, I don't. I don't really care care about the music video, and it's just one more in the long line of shot on iPhone. Look, making blockbuster movies and professional. Now Lady Gaga has made a video, music video, shot entirely on the iPhone 11 Pro. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It is capable of doing these things. Well, any when, old smartphone can technically record a video. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in apps like Filmic Pro have made it that much better. But what gets me all the time is they use that as a selling point for the phone, for creatives. But then you look at the behind-the-scenes stuff on this, and these guys are wearing, like, massive... They've got this little tiny phone stuck with external monitors, all this massive gear, gimbals. Stability and, rig. Yeah, steady cam rigs and, you know, full-on lighting gear, you know, like you would on a big-budget movie set. Well, yeah, any camera that shoots video, if you have all that other stuff with it, sure, you can make something cool with it. So it's a little misleading, <laughs> I thought. I, I kind of got annoyed by this. So the, the last paragraph in the whole article on InputMag.com says, according to A-Skill, this, the team had a few, good, a few of them going at once, untethered by heavy gear. Yeah. And then, then you look and you literally see a guy wearing a back brace holding up a rig, all to support a phone, and he's got another guy holding his rig behind him. Right. 
guiding him <laughs> where to step based on you know Sweet. camera movements. And it's got he if you look at that rig, he's got a big external monitor on the bottom where he's watching. He's got heavy duty sound equipment, you know, running in, recording external audio, all all that stuff. And it's like Okay, let's be real here. Show me the shot on iPhone that's literally a person with a consumer grade. You know, there is one photo in this thing. They call it a beast cage, I think. Um, You can see it up a couple images. And it's, well, it's basically got the phone mounted between this bracket with two handles on the side and a little microphone Mm -hmm. on it. A rig like that, that's truly mobile because you can get a rig like that for a hundred bucks, couple hundred bucks. It's not some fancy steady cam. It's just basically a mount right. to give you something bigger to hold on to. Show me the feature length movie or professional music video shot in that fashion. Yeah, with, show Dave that. Yeah, without all of the extra stuff. Then I'll believe yeah. it. Yeah. And I know it can be done. There's a guy, a, a guy <laughs> I tell follow. Dave's got a little bit of angst. Yeah, sorry. Well, there's a guy I follow, a couple people actually, but uh, his name on Twitter is Richard Lackey. Super nice dude. And he does a ton of stuff creating video footage with just iPhones and mobile photography. Mm -hmm. And he has put out some beautiful footage that he shot with the old iPhone SE and all these current phones as well. He tests them and puts them through their paces. It can be done even without all of this massive gear, but... Like any tool, it's got its limitations, and you know, are you going to spend as a as a consumer that wants to make some you know fun YouTube videos the fifty thousand dollars or more on the full heavy duty camera rigs to put this phone in? Mm, not really. <laughs> yeah, it's I'll stop ranting. Just a four K video, and boy, does it look interesting. <laughs> anyway, like any Lady Gaga thing, it's going to be interesting looking. Well, on the music side, the note to that is that yep. I hear this video is very much a return to form to kind of traditional feeling Lady Gaga stuff. Oh, okay. In case oh. you were wondering. Yeah, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's switch gears and talk about movies because yeah. um, Jordan Peele came out with a, a new uh, trailer for the new Candyman. Yes. And it actually looks pretty good if you're into horror yeah now did you watch any of the original candy mans i remember watching one when i was a kid and going yeah i don't like it <laughs> i was never a horror fan still yeah. that one. Oh, see i i enjoy a good horror movie and jordan peele i haven't seen any of his his you know recent work and people are saying with with us and get out and uh he just had another one too i can't think what it's called but he is killing it. Like he is a mm. bona fide master of modern horror, suspense, thriller. Really? You know, yeah, he is like just on fire. And um, the fact that I mean, I, I heard another podcast say it that this is the the sequel or reboot that you uh, never thought you wanted or needed, but after watching the trailer, it's like, yes, this looks amazing. <laughs> It, it does it look, look pretty cool. I mean, it looks so good. And he is so masterful at creating tension and horror in just those those classic horror movie vibes with a modern feel to it. And it was shot entirely on iPhone. Shut right? up. <laughs> <laughs> it was shot on Android. <laughs> oh. Okay. He's the beast cage. Right, right. Yeah. Well, speaking of movies, I know we kind of mentioned it. Uh, was it a week or two ago? We were kind of kind of mentioning real briefly um, a bunch of different video game movies. 
Yeah. And um, Monster Hunter, the movie, we had kind of mentioned there, it's going to star Mila Jovovich from, you know, Fifth Element, Resident Evil fame. And apparently this movie, and I put this in here just because it's, it's pretty amusing to me, that the weapons that these people are going to be wielding in here are going to be apparently very true to the game in a lot of senses where the, they're just enormous and completely from a, from a yeah from a you know human physics standpoint like this makes no sense but it's kind of cool and it's got me i don't know much about the game series but it does have me kind of intrigued like i put it in the show notes as final fantasy 7 style weapons with the giant cloud sword or whatever it was yeah they do kind of look like that yeah and it's like they're kind of prehistoric looking but at the same time kind of steampunk but just massive like the sword she's carrying is literally probably taller than she is and if it was a real sword, you know it would weigh like 500 pounds and she'd never lift it. You know? So there was, a, there was an anime series called uh, Ruroni Kenshin, and it was the Samurai X series. And one of, one of the characters on there, Sanosuke, had this, uh, oh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was that, a sword that was like this size. Yeah. And when they did the real life, like the, the, the live action version of the movie, they made him use the stupid thing. And it looks, it, it kind of looks ridiculous. It's just yeah. slow. And oh. <laughs> so what are they going to do with this one? Right. I, I, I'm, ex- I, I don't know why I'm kind of intrigued. I want to see this thing. It, it looks just out there and weird enough where it's like, this could be fun. Well, you it's know, got Tony Jaa in it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Decent cast. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, any, anytime a game is based on a, or a movie is based on a video game, you're automatically kind of like, eh, okay, I don't expect yep. a ton. You know, maybe this will just be a little bit of fun or whatever. But um, hopefully, exactly. I mean, it, it looks kind of cool, but it reminds me, there was, I, I wish I could find it. I, off the top of my head, I was kind of searching here quick, but I can't find it. But there was a YouTube channel. This guy is like a, uh, one of those guys that his whole channel is about like building weapons, you know? Sure. Like swords and, you know, yeah. blacksmithing, yeah, that yep. kind of thing. And that's what he did. Like, he went in and he would make real versions. Like, I remember he did the Final Fantasy sword, like a real-life version of it. And it was heavy. I mean, he showed, I think, <laughs> in the video. Yeah, and I think he showed, like, just swinging it and, like, slamming it down on, like, a watermelon or something goofy like that. But he, he <laughs> did all kinds of these crazy builds. Impractical. Right. Just oh, Interesting. So is this movie, when does this movie come out? You know, I don't know. Um, that's a good question. I know they're just announcing the teaser trailers right now. Um, it doesn't say in this article that I'm seeing when. I thought when we talked about it before that it was scheduled for a late 2020 release. Hmm. Um, but I could be wrong on that. So It looks like from here that it was possibly shot on iPhone. <laughs> I quit. I'm not seeing that. I'm not that entirely one sure. <laughs> but it could be. It's hard to iPhone say. 12. <laughs> yeah, it's not out yet, but it, yeah, it's going to be nothing um, but a giant ad for the iPhone. You can play the game and watch the movie made with it. <laughs> uh, that that'd be huge. <laughs> yeah. So, I and, sent you the link to this video. What do you yeah, think of yeah. it? I thought this video was extremely cool. Why don't you tell our listeners about this video? So I don't remember where I found it, but it's basically what they call it's a it's a fictional building sizes. So all these different things uh, we see in pop culture and in you know gaming and books and things like that, um, basically taking fictional buildings and structures from movies, series, and video games. I'm reading this from the description and kind of putting them all in a in a digital rendered model 
to give you a size comparison of it. Now, to give you an idea, this thing goes through everything from Star Wars buildings to Halo to um, the Futurama, Half Life, The Simpsons right, House, SpongeBob. <laughs> you know, it opens up yeah. with the mobile studio from Ant Man and Wasp. And the next one over is the Krusty Krab from SpongeBob. And it ends with the dome from the Truman Show. And so it, it's really going through tons and tons of buildings and uh, structures, you know, from like Game of Thrones, the wall and all of this stuff. And give you an idea that based on the descriptions and dimensions of these things in, you know, their respective universes, how big they actually are. And it is yeah. pretty nuts when you see some of this. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this one is kind of neat because there's just you're going to recognize most of the buildings. Mm-hmm. Maybe not all of them, but uh, definitely worth a watch. It's six minutes long. We're going to have a link to this in the show notes. And yep. it was shot on iPhone 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's put out by Metaball <laughs> Studios. And the Whoa. next, I didn't watch this, but I'm just noticing now. You know how YouTube recommends the next video? Yep. At least for me right now, what it's recommending is another video from this same studio, Metaball Studios, that mm-hmm. is a video game monster size comparison. So doing the same thing, digital renders, to show you kind of the size Ooh. difference in it. So it's kind of cool. So just a fun YouTube rabbit mm-hmm. hole to go down. Oh, yeah. I might have to go check out some more of those. That'd yeah. That awesome. That is pretty awesome. Not so what are some of the iPhone. best free games... For PC, according to PC mm. Games. Well, this is this was interesting. I thought, you know, a lot of us are, are looking for stuff to play, but if you don't have a ton of time, like you and I, where we're, we're not like hardcore gamers, and so it's hard to justify spending 60 bucks, 70 bucks, or whatever on a brand new game. And as a PC gamer, they've got a pretty decent list for us here of a, a number of different types of games and styles of games that are completely free to play. I recognize some of them. I rec- I don't recognize others. And mm-hmm. I said this wrong. It's PC Games N. Yeah, that, and I'm I'm not sure what that is. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, I don't know what that N is. Hmm. Wasn't so, able to le- find, but it looks like it's. Uh, they just call it PCGN. Anywho, mm. some of the best free games that they've got in their list: World of Warships, like War W A R S H I P S. Yep. Crossout, World of Tanks. Albion Online, Star Trek Online, Neverwinter, Rift. That Neverwinter looked interesting. I've got that in my my Steam wish list or you know catalog. I haven't downloaded it, but in the you know grab it if I ever feel like it because I used to play Neverwinter Nights quite a bit. Oh, okay. I've got Final Fantasy fourteen in here, Apex Legends, Destiny two, Fortnite's in here, of course. <laughs> what, a, what about this battle royal game? Free to play. Would, called Cuisine Royale. It's a battle royale for cuisine? It is. And so the idea is that you strap pots and pans to yourself in place of plate armor. It started out as a spin-off for squad-based MMO shooter Enlisted, but quickly garnered its own player base. So it's it's one of these games <laughs> that started out as a joke, uh, okay. but people actually dug it. You, you know, mentioned PUBG, they have a they put a pan on. Yeah. And it it counts as armor. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, they've also got this on Xbox. Mm. Yeah, a lot of these I imagine on because they're Cuisine PC Royale. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's completely free for Xbox. I wonder how yeah. many people can play at the same time. I don't know. Have to check it out. Yeah, another a lot of MMOs yeah. on here. Um, MMOs. Yep. Yeah. So like Rift is one World of Warcraft esque. 
Star Conflict, which is a, according to this article, shiny, colorful space sim places you in a massively multiplayer universe um, mix of PVE and PVP. So quite a few different things there. Some, yeah, some mm-hmm. RPGs. Guild Wars, that was a fun one I remember playing when it first came out. Guild Wars 2 is on this list now. Lots quite of MMOs. A few on here. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, um, if you're interested in looking for a new PC game, mm-hmm. check out this list. We're going to include this one in the show notes as well. Yeah. And this comes from PCGamesN.com. And they have just a ton of different games in their yeah. list. But they also include a description of each one and a link right. to it, plus like a screenshot. So it'll help so, you decide what genre you want to go with. There is one more I'm going to add, you know, kind of mention here, because this is one I've actually played. And I talked to you guys about it. It's a game called Dauntless. And speaking of Monster Hunter a little bit ago, a lot of people love that style of game where you're literally out just battling these giant monsters trying to slay them. And this Monster Hunter world, from what I understand, can be a very intimidating series to get into, and it's expensive because there's a ton of, you know, learning curve, I guess. And this Dauntless game is is basically, from the best way I heard it explained, it's kind of takes all the fun parts of Monster Hunter world and puts them in a very simple, easy-to-pick-up-and-play format. And nice. This one I have played a bit of. And it's it's free to play. You jump in, you you basically go. You got your main town, and then you jump into these little challenges or whatever, where you go out, and the the goal is to kill this one kind of behemoth monster and different armor sets. And you know you work as teams of four, so it just puts you in a match with other players. It's free to play, runs super smooth, and, and seems like a lot of fun so far. So haven't put a ton of hours into it, but probably three four hours just kind of messing around, and it's it's pretty fun. Sweet cuisine royale. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm still kind of giggling about that one. Well, why don't we switch gears and hit some of them recommendations? Digital soup recommendations. So, my recommendation today this is actually a music video by Meg Myers. If you're not familiar with her, she is um, she's kind of a rock vocalist, rock singer. And she's got some pretty cool stuff. This is a cover song of a Kate Bush song called Running Up That Hill. Okay. And it's got a really cool sound to it. It's um it's kind of a it's kind of retro in a way because of the the cover is from the eighties from Kate Bush. Um I don't know why I'm re- not I'm drawing a blank on that song even. Yeah, it's. I think she was English or British that Kate Bush was. Okay. She? The name's familiar, but yeah, I can't place uh, it. I'd have to look it up. No worries. Um, But the the cool thing about this video, yeah, she was a British singer. Okay. The cool thing about this video is that the way it was shot, and Dave, you're really going to dig this, it looks like um, a comic book almost. Oh, yeah. The way way they did it is they shot this video, but they they then printed out each frame individually and sent out all these thousands of frames to the different schools and had kids color them. And they, they numbered them all, and then they collected them all back and they they made this into the video so it's it's like an animation that's colored by thousands of of kids <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm the watching song it is with really no cool. sound yeah yeah the the song is actually really cool um i surprisingly i heard this on the radio down here at cities 97 um a few days ago too so okay. she's got 3.4 million views on this came out about 8 months ago nice but uh, that's my recommendation. It, it's pretty cool. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah I've got it. just be warned, if you have epilepsy or you're prone to seizure, this video is 
<laughs> a lot of flashing. That. Yeah. Yep. yep. Not from her. No, no. It just the uh, because <laughs> the kids are coloring the backgrounds different colors yep. and leaving them blank and yep. watching it. Like I said, with no sound right now, um, it it kind of has that feel a little bit of the old. Uh, who was it? Aha! Uh-huh, that aha! Uh-huh, take yeah, on me. Take kind on of me. Animated, only yeah. only no one's interacting with a real life person. It's all just like coloring book pages. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. So definitely Very check cool. that out. Or right, what's your recommendation today? Well, I found this thing. A, a guy I follow on Twitter does some work with uh, archive.org, and he shared a link the other day. And, and I just, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, you're very familiar with, with Project Gutenberg because of yesterday's sci-fi and all the yep. amazing, like, complete treasure trove of amazing stories and stuff out there. Oh, yeah. Well, this guy put out on, on Internet Archive, uh, it is a collection that is, it's it's a ton. I don't know how many, I think there's, looking at the list, I think it looks like there's 262 different movies in here, it looks like. And these are the full oh, movies. Wow. And this is all film noir. So crime dramas of the 40s and 50s, you know, starring, you know, even people like Sinatra and some big names. Um, stuff from the 30s even in here. Yeah. And so you look at this and I thought, what is this, little clips or something? And no, it's the full movies. So if you're a fan of like classic film noir, this is just a complete treasure trove. We've got it linked up. It's at, you know, archive.org slash details slash film underscore noir. But we've got it linked up so you don't have to remember that. And I'd say just bookmark this thing and just enjoy jumping into some of these old stories. And, And for me as a photographer and creative, film noir is a very kind of unique style the way it's lit, the way it's shot. And it's it's like this I looked at, like I don't even care what the stories are. It's just the kind of thing where I can see myself, I've been just kind of pulling random films up and skipping around them to see what kind of cool, you know, yeah. lighting and composition and, and things like that, you know, you can find. So it's, it's but it's really cool. Like I didn't realize there was this much out there. No kidding. Well, archive.org is a treasure in itself just from all the stuff they're collecting. But what's awesome about this that you just brought up, I mean, a lot of the stuff in these old films, they had to be converted off the original film before it deteriorated. Oh, right. Yeah. And now that they're online and, you know, these are these are now forever, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's really just a cool way to, to, to capture that kind of time period <laughs> and stuff. The yeah. other thing is there's so many stories, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about movies in a, in a minute here. There's so many stories from that were written, you know, way back in the day that were that were actually phenomenal and good because there was authors coming up with, mm-hmm. you know, with with imaginations and stuff back oh. then coming up with amazing stories and stuff like right. that. Well, one of, the, <laughs> one of the most interesting things, and I don't don't mean to cut you off. There, no, no, no. Go ahead. So I do the Yesterday Sci Fi podcast. You do and sometimes as I'm reviewing a story. I'll suddenly find something in there that's like extremely sexist or racist or something. <laughs> and it's it's because some of these stories were written in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Ages ago, and yeah. Even the one that I just did, it's like very woman-like. She cried because she didn't have a comb and a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, brutal. But nice. I, I don't omit that stuff because that's part of the history. That's well, it is. the story. Yep. You know, and, and some, some of the other ones I've read are just like, <laughs> this fat, stupid fat guy and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like, wow. Yeah. They pulled no punches in that stuff. It's fascinating. Man. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to well, watch that stuff and go, this is history. Go exactly. Ahead. Well, I looked, I was looking in the sidebar here and they've got different collections. So I clicked on the button here. 
that just said feature films. And it says there are 6,543 featured films. <laughs> but the first one on the list is 464 different sci-fi and horror movies. Really? Just under 300 comedy films. 12, almost 1,300 silent films, 263 film noir. And then I was just scrolling down a little bit, and I see a film from 1955. Uh, It says, a man wrongly imprisoned for murder breaks out of jail, wants to clear his name, but with the police pursuing him, he's forced to take a beautiful young woman driving a fast sports car hostage and slip into a cross-border sports car race to try to make it to Mexico before the police get him. Title of that movie from 1955 is The Fast and the Furious. Yes. I wonder, I don't know the Fast and the Furious franchise that well, but I wonder if this is loosely what that film franchise is based on. This is a, a story by someone named Roger Corman. So interesting. I mean, just kind of crazy what you find. <laughs> but no yeah, kidding. that's that the uh, the film noir was my pick, but spend some time because I think even if you're not a film noir fan, you're probably going to find a complete treasure trove of classic films that you might not find anywhere else that you can just watch for free right there. True that. archive.org should come up with an app, a streaming service, right? Um Let's talk about some overrated movies. Yeah, so we were thinking about what to do this week, and, you know, we we had an idea, like, let's talk about AI, and we were thinking, like, you know, a lot of our episodes lately have been a little heavy. Last week's wasn't. We had a lot of fun talking about music, and we thought, you know what? You know what everyone loves is a good list, especially when that list is going to be kind of crapping on some big-name movies. So yep. I figured this could be fun. Let's talk about this. Now... We're going to be using the IMDb list that is actually the 50 most overrated movies, but we figured for the sake of this episode, we're just going to tackle the top 10. Yep. And keep in mind, this isn't IMDb's official list. This is no. one of their users put this in, in sure. a few years ago. Um, so, yeah. And there's some. <laughs> don't yell at IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Well, most importantly, don't yell at us. Dear it's not... IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> just angry typing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing I have this mechanical keyboard so I can yeah. give them my opinion on the internet. And they'll feel how angry I am through the loudness of my keystrokes. <laughs> All caps. <laughs> so are we starting with the number one or are we going to start at 10 and work our way down? Uh, let's start at 10, work our way to the top. Okay. And I don't think I've seen all these. But no? um, the number 10 one on here, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. This is a, you seen this? I saw part of it, I think, a long okay. time ago. So I, I remember... Just didn't catch my interest. No, and I, I remember I was probably... oh, in, I was in college, so it was uh, 18, yeah. 19 years old, something like that, and I had some friends that they just love this movie. Got to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, they'd watch it once a month. And yeah, the first really? time I was like, okay, this is not really my thing. It's weird. But I could see why it's kind of one of those, like, eh, you know, everyone's hanging out, fun movies to watch with a crowd. But watch it the first time. The second time they went to do it, I'm like, no, look at the time. I got to get going. I just. <laughs> so this movie came out in 75. Yeah. And it's Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, Barry Bostwick. It's, it's, it's a legendary film. It's had multiple Broadway appearances and, and things like that, adaptations. But 
I would like to 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 include as we discuss this mm-hmm. the uh, the maker of this list's comments on each movie. Oh, sure, sure. So in this one, he says one of the biggest cult movies ever. It could probably spawn its own religion. I am befuddled and bewildered. <laughs> I love it. Well, <laughs> let's. I'm going to do this. If we're going to include his comments, let's shout him out, him or her, and read the blurb up front. It's uh, yeah. by by IMDb user Drive underscore Home. Uh, this list created yep. back in 2012. Uh, it says year after year, I'm disappointed seeing some movies in the AFI list or even here on the IMDb top 250. But putting these movies on this list, I'm not necessarily saying they're not good movies, though I would argue those towards the top of the list are both overrated and not very good, but (laughs) that they are undeserving of much of the accolades they've received over the years. Era is taken into account, but some things just cannot be forgiven. IMD Top 250, AFI Top 100, Oscar winners, and cult movies are all considered. Keep in mind, I am not a journalist or a film critic. I just happen to love film. I dole out the hate, yes, but this list is meant more to open dialogue about perhaps reevaluating some of the best films. Surely I'm not the only one who inwardly cringes every time I see Citizen Kane at the top of AFI's best list. So this is the opinion of Drive underscore Home via IMDb. So he's befuddled and bewildered Bewildered by the Rocky Horror Horror Picture Picture Show, Show, which for those that don't know, it's it's about a, a newly engaged couple that break down in an isolated area. They seek shelter in this completely bizarre residence of Dr. Dr. Frank N. Furter. So Frank N. Furter. And it is, it's out there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd agree. I'd, I'd put that on the overrated list because to me, I don't know. Okay. I don't understand right. the love. I, I, am, I, I am with this guy. What was the name? Drive? I can accept that. There's Drive a, Well, and this is also, yeah. All right. So, yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show, number 10. Moving up the list at number nine, this one's a little surprising. It's the 2008 film from Disney Pixar, Wall-E. Oh. This kind of surprises me. Now, I have to say, this is one I have not seen. I know enough about it. I've seen, okay. pr- probably seen it all via different clips and synopsis, all that, you know, YouTube videos, all that kind of stuff, but I've never actually sat down to watch it from start to finish. Okay, well, let's read his his thoughts here. Metascore of 94, number 58 in IMDb, harkens to 2001 A Space Odyssey's brilliance in the way it tells its story with sparse dialogue, but its allegory is too rich to be this playful. Its warning's too dire. I am bothered that the most human character in the movie is a low-tech garbage bot. I'm sure that this is the filmmaker's intent, but despite that, I feel some revulsion at that idea. I kind of get this. So Wally is a it's a very good movie. Um, Pixar, of course... This is one of their their excellent ones. It's a beautifully shot movie. And the way they handle all their characters, whether it's toys or whether it's, you know, animals or whether it's robots, they're they give them they make them all human. You have to kind of expect that they're they have personalities right. and stuff like that. Right. But they do make I mean, it is pretty dire that so in this in Wally, the entire earth has been like evacuated of humans. And these Wally's a garbage robot. His job is to collect garbage and compact it into cubes. And he's like literally building cities out of garbage. And um, so, so that that's kind of the uh, the the warnings being too dire of like if we if we don't do something now, you know, this could be the Earth, which is it's exaggerated in it. So I kind of get mm-hmm. that, but I wouldn't put this on. It's too overrated. I think it was properly yeah. rated. 
Uh, yeah, and I, the only thing I ever thought about this is is I couldn't get over the idea is I I hate that feeling when I'm force fed something where it's like you're supposed to think this way, whether I agree yeah, or not. Yeah. And that's where it's like you know this is a kids movie. I don't know how I feel about force feeding kids that humans are these terrible people that unless we change. You know, it, we're dooming the world. And it's like, I don't know. Does my kid need to see that, or do they just want to see some fun robots doing some cutesy stuff? You yeah, know what I, mean? I don't think. I don't think. I mean, if you saw this movie, I don't. I think you do. Right. They're not really. They don't beat you over the head with it. Okay. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, I, I, I without having seen it, that's always my my thought. That was like, I hope it's not one of those. But, <laughs> um, number eight. Yeah. I I don't dis, I don't agree with this one because I really like this movie. But, um, <laughs> I may not be a smart man, but I like this movie. This yeah. is Forrest Gump. Yeah, Mrs. Is there a Mister Gump? Miss Gump. He's on vacation. <laughs> hey, <laughs> your mama sure does care about your education, son. <laughs> Forrest Gump is great, but here's here's what's. Let's see what this guy says. I can't believe you use that quote. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Forrest Gump is an okay movie. Its greatest crime, it won Best Picture the same year Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption Oof, came out. That's a Shawshank is currently, and has been for years, the number one movie on IMDb. Pulp Fiction, arguably the best of the three, is parked at number five. Forrest Gump pales in comparison to Shawshank, let alone Pulp Fiction. That is its greatest crime. <laughs> so Shawshank Redemption is phenomenally good. Right. Um, what, that's, Forrest that's Gump a- is great, too. That's a tough year. I mean, think about that. If you were forced to pick just one of those three, I mean, it really is going to depend on your mood that day. Yeah, that's very true. With that list, because, yeah, I've seen Forrest Gump, to me, I love the story, but but the the quotable moments, A, you know, it has such high value for that, the life lessons (laughs) it kind of teaches, but the soundtrack is where that movie shined for me. Hmm. This is one of the first ones that um, where they tried to use you know computer mm-hmm. graphic you know to to superimpose you know old footage in and it looks yeah. just atrocious. It does not that it doesn't <laughs> stand up when you have like John Lennon talking and he's just like no institutions and then his mouth is still moving like a bad kung fu <laughs> yeah. movie. <laughs> when he so when some he, of that stuff doesn't hold up, but he this gets is such shot a good in the movie. butt. Yeah, <laughs> they call that a million dollar wound. It was a bullet, wasn't it? Jumped up and bit you. <laughs> See, it, it is. I, I won't remember all these lines. Of How long things. has it been since you've watched that? It has been years since I watched it. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't seen it in in ages either. But it, it it's one that I think I definitely need to watch again sometime soon. Yeah, it's it's good, and I I wouldn't put this in the top ten. It. In the top ten, oh, in this list, overrated in this list. No, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, well, what about number seven though? Tell us about that. Dances with Wolves. We all know the story. <laughs> Lieutenant John, John Dunbar. Yeah, assigned Dunbar. in a Civil War outpost, makes friends with wolves and Indians. This to me, it, it says his comments. At least Avatar made it better, <laughs> <laughs> and it's very true. The comparisons are there. Um, I remember seeing this film when it came out and, and you know, mm-hmm. watching it a time or two and so long. It is is long three and, hours. Yeah, and to me, just the thought of it even right now, like I think dances with wolves and I think boring. I think, yep, I saw it 
much like if you've ever read a, one of the great classics, like a War and Peace or something, great you can say you saw it and that, yes, you legitimately did read it, mm. or in this case you watched it, but I never have any intention to watch Dances with Wolves <laughs> again. So, you know, this is one that I don't want, mind watching once every five years or six years. It's because it takes Just you because... that long to watch it over your lunch breaks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's spread it out into 10-minute segments that will be done in two years. Basically, hear... I watch this movie on layaway. Yeah. Want to hear a fun story about <laughs> spreading a movie out? Yep. Um, when I was in high school, uh, in I, I took French class was our Spanish language, our Spanish, our, our foreign language we, we had in my <laughs> French school. French was your Spanish language? <laughs> yeah, we were a little messed up. <laughs> we, we, no, we, we didn't have Spanish available when I was in high school. It was just French. And so I took French class, and our teacher, you know, you watch movies in class sometimes, and we had this mm-hmm. guy... And that teacher was a little out there, and, and we decided he, he decided we were going to watch Last of the Mohicans because it dealt with that, what was it, French-Canadian <laughs> War, whatever it was, uh-huh. which that's, that's fine. Movie. Yeah, it, Good it was soundtrack. decent. Daniel Day-Lewis, I mean, it's a classic yeah. film. I will and, find you. Yeah. What happened was he would hit play on the movie and then walk out of the room and not come back until it was five minutes before the bell. And so as a class, we decided, well, every day we're going to watch up until about 15 minutes, 10 minutes before the bell, you know, so just before he came in and we'd rewind almost all the way back, (laughs) somewhere back towards way in the beginning. We wouldn't start at the very beginning, just leave it in so you're in the middle of a scene because he wouldn't know he'd leave the room. And we do this every day. And I kid you not, a month later, we finished this movie. And because we just got sick of doing it, like we watched this movie, the equivalent of about 50 times over. Because we, every day we just rewind it, and he was this guy was just so well, dumbfounded. Why'd you like, do that? Wouldn't you get a different movie? Well, we should have. Yeah, just popped a di- <laughs> I mean, popped a different movie in the VCR. But yeah, we just every day we'd watch it, and then we'd rewind it, and then watch it and rewind it, and then you know we weren't really watching it after a while. We were just you know having a free hour. And keeping it quiet so he wouldn't come check on us. But yeah, it was. We extended that thing out for a full month. And finally, he's like, I don't know what's taking this movie so long. And we just let it finish that day. And oh, oh, it's finally over. And he never had a clue. <laughs> just <laughs> terrible students. <laughs> you guys were just the worst. We were. That poor teacher, man. We did some stuff. I could tell you stories there. Maybe someday oh, I will. Maybe someday. Traffic. Number six. I don't think I saw this one. I don't think I've seen this one either. A conservative judge is appointed by the president to spearhead America's escalating war against drugs, only to discover that his teenage daughter is a crack addict. Ooh. So. (laughs) Big cast on this one. Michael Douglas. Epic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, It's got Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah. Benicio Del Toro. Steven Epic Soderberg, Best yeah. Picture winner. Do you remember what it was about? Drugs? Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> so we never saw this one, so I think we're going to skip on over to number five. Yep. And this one, oh, man. I I couldn't agree less if I said that right. Number yes, five is Clerks, right. one of my all-time favorite <laughs> movies, period. Like Tusk should be on this list. No, Tusk, you know, Tusk was fun for what it was. Clerks, to me is one of those movies that just defined a, a generation, <laughs> defined you know a, a lot of my film tastes and, and everything else. We all know the story, two convenience store clerks and Dante and Randall. 
And it's literally just dialogue heavy, you know, discussing movies, playing hockey, 37 in a row. I mean, all these things. It's what launched Kevin Smith's career. And to this day is probably the movie that he is most known for that people come up and talk to him about still. And to see that this guy's saying it's overrated, man, oh man, I I have to hard disagree on that one. So this guy hates Kevin Smith, and you can tell because I'm going to read what he said. Now hold yourself back. I will. Kevin Smith movies are a crime against filmmaking. Bring the hate. Clerks is the equivalent of conversational masturbation. (laughs) With some movies, dialogue is the narrative and character development, like the excellent Before Sunrise slash Sunset. This one, which began Smith's view askew averse, is one idiot posturing to be more clever than another idiot. Dogma sucks, too. Deal with it. (laughs) I would agree with you. This doesn't belong in the list. This was, uh, I think Clerks is appropriately rated. Yeah, I, I love that film. And no one's ever going to claim that Clerks is like an Oscar-worthy, you know, important to the history of cinema, you know, one of those level films. It's only got an overall 7.7 7 yep. rating, 70 meta right. score. But what other movie that's in black and white and is only talking captures the attention of college kids like like it did for me? And to you know, this day, like kids like, watch wow. it still today and and connect with it that are it's finding it for movie. the first time. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's a Kevin Smith movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. That one I saw and I was like, oh no way. Yeah, it's no sinking ship though. <laughs> Much like number four, Titanic right. from nineteen ninety seven. Sparking a lot of Celine Dion songs. Yeah. Your Heart Will Go On. Um, it was actually a good movie. James Cameron made this movie. Yeah. Um, of course, there was room on that stupid door at the end. She's a murderer. Um, <laughs> well, she, maybe, she maybe murderer is strong. She's negligent <laughs> and selfish. Oh, yeah. This was a, it was a sad film, though. Mm-hmm. But it, it, was, it was actually very good. Well, um, yeah. There's a lot packed into it. I mean, not just the obvious yeah. ship sinking. I mean, it's it's a lot of, um, you know, kind a of a of Billy good, Zane. Yeah. And a, being a good, an abusive prick. Right. And a good snapshot of life in those days, in some senses, where the mentality with, you know, how different classes really treated each other, um, the value of life. And it, it made every teenage boy want to pick up a sketch pad and uh, take up figure drawing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I could ask my roommate to pose for me. Yeah, Josh? I. I so, uh, what, what do you think? Number four on this top ten overrated though. You think that's good? I, I would have it on this top ten list personally. Uh, would you, you think it's yep. Titanic's pretty overrated? I would. I, th- I. You know what? I guess it kind of depends on your definition of overrated. Because I thought it was a very good film, but it's not. People went gaga over this movie. Yeah, like completely nuts. It was so such a big movie, and mm-hmm. so I, I would agree with you. It belongs in the top ten. Yeah, I would have it probably. You know, somewhere down in the, you know, knock Forrest Gump off this list and put Titanic there instead. Maybe something like that. Mm. Eight, nine, ten, that range. Somewhere in there, but see, it doesn't mean it's a bad movie. No, it's and I'm movie. my view on it's a little skewed because when this film came out, I worked in the movie theater. <laughs> you askew, yeah. And <laughs> I told you it shaped my life. No, um, I worked in the movie theater though, and I had to. This movie was also very long, and I had to sit because the <laughs> in the old days these movies were you on actual it too film. Many times. Oh yeah, I've seen this movie literally. I bet you a hundred times. And it's all because I'd have to sit there for an eight-hour shift, show after show, 
with a white glove on, anti-static glove, with a finger between the film as it came off the spool, watching because the film was so long and so big on the platters as it went from one reel to the next that it would cling to itself and just want to eat. You know, it just was a big mess. So I literally every day, and it stayed in the theater for, man, I think it was a month and a half, every single shift had to sit there with my finger in that stupid film thing and watch this movie. And so for me, I (laughs) never wanted to see it again. That Uh, being said, my son is a, for some reason, learned about it in school, a huge, he's like obsessed with the Titanic. He'll tell you how, what year it was built, what time this happened, what time, and he just loves it. And he wanted to watch this movie, and we've obviously skipped forward through a couple parts, and but we let him watch, and he loves it. And I've watched it once with him, and my reaction was, I, I, I just wanted to crawl in a hole and die. Because I I've oh. seen it so many times, I'm like, yeah. it well, is not worth the hype. Too much of anything isn't good, right? All right, uh, number three, Citizen Kane. I have not seen this film, but it is listed as one of the best movies ever made. I should probably watch it. This is an Orson Welles film. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, it I'm once. Read the comments about ten years Did you? ago. Yeah. Okay. How was it? <laughs> Appropriately placed on this list, in my opinion. Okay. This guy he says it took us two hours to find this out, in which we learn. Oh wait. AFI's greatest movie ever made, Lies. Okay, here's a spoiler. Rosebud is the sled. I don't know what that means. (laughs) It took us two hours to find this out in which we learned to sort of care about the protagonist, Charles Foster Kane. I enjoyed the direction of the movie, and the staring at the end thing was very novel in 1941. However, Wells does not make me care enough about the bright-eyed child who grows up to be a mogul and certainly not enough for the payoff. Right. Yeah, okay. So you don't know what the Rosebud comment's all about? Nope. At the end... He's he's staring off into the in, into the the distance and he's I've heard it just says rosebud yeah rosebud and you, everyone's like oh what's rosebud Rose, he, this comes up in the whole movie and it, it's his stupid sled from when he was a kid and I don't know this movie I guess maybe in the era maybe it was more impactful but to me mm. is one that I think as a fan of film yeah watch it much like War and Peace so you can say you've seen it and. Uh. Get it out of the way, but it does not, to me personally, I never found it to be anything worth the top 10 of the best movies of all time. But maybe okay. it's, I think it's rated up there so much because of the historical importance of it, more so than the actual enjoyment and content of the film itself, if that makes sense. I mean, Hitchcock, or not Hitchcock, Wells, he told so many brilliant stories, but this to me was a pretty. Blech, one. Okay. Well, what's number two? Number two on this list is Gone with the Wind. Ah, uh, yes. You seen this one? Yep, I've seen this. Yeah. What do you think? Fitting I watched in number it two? last year, actually, just because it's a classic, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It is in its appropriate spot. Yeah. Gone with the Wind was more like I felt like I wasted my time. <laughs> and these these two people that are like the main people in the movie, right, are just kind of just kind of douchey. <laughs> I guess is what I would say. Yeah, like the the woman is just obnoxious. Uh-huh. Um, played by Vivian Lee and Clark Gable. Of course, he's the swashbuckling guy. But of course, keeping in mind this is recorded in 1939, and right? Men and women treated each other differently then. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's some slapping going on. They're, they just these two people deserved each other. Yeah. Um, so the comment here: <laughs> before Lord of the Rings, Gone with the Wind was considered the greatest epic ever released on film. 
Oh, really? Yeah. It won Best Picture. People love it. People quote it. Some movies withstand the test of time. This is not one of them. Viewed within not only the confines of the Civil War, but also within the context of 1939 America, does not render the dialogue any more tolerable. While the storytelling is epic, I feel virtually no attachment or empathy for anyone other than Rhett Butler. I'm not sure if this is intentional or not. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, this guy kind of nails this one that, um, yep. you know, it, assuming this is a guy that wrote this. Right. The, even with the knowing it's from 1939, I didn't care about any of these people. Right. Like, okay. Um, yeah, it yeah. is what it is. I, I'd agree. Down with the wind, and I'm fine with it. it it's a victim of time. Well, the other thing that really made this tough is that this movie is 238 minutes long. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. That is uh, four hours. Right. This is a four-hour movie. That's the epic part is that it took four hours. Yeah. I would rather have watched Lord of the Rings for four hours. Right. Lord of the Rings is oh, great. Oh, ten times over. Yep. So did you ever see Gone with the Wind? Yeah. Long time ago. Yeah, sorry. Number one, <laughs> Goodfellas. I'm surprised. The story of this. Henry Hill and his life in the mob. <laughs> this has got uh, uh, Joe Pesci in it in full effect. De Niro. Oh, why am I funny? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just relax. Well, this I is. Thought, I, I remember liking this one. Yep, and this is one of those classics that you know. I guess it depends what you're into. It, it, what your interests are, you know, when it comes to these mob films, because much like The Irishman, a lot of people love it, and a lot of people feel like, oh, my God, this thing is just dragging on. Nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. What is this? And this is this was Scorsese's arguably biggest film yeah. up to that point, and for many years after, even though he's done a ton of stuff. But, you know, I, I don't know if I'd put this at number one. Maybe. I guess I would I, agree. I don't know. I don't remember disliking it that much, but I'll, I'll read the author's comments here. I could write a book on why and how Goodfellas is not a good movie. Here are my most salient beefs. Number one, meandering, poorly scripted and or poorly acted voiceover narrative that not only lacks resonance but plausibility. Number two, overacting. There might well be a reason that Joe Pesci doesn't get much work these days. <laughs> he gets plenty of work. Well, yeah. Leota chews the scenery, and most of the parts are not coaxed into the, the kind of performances that make of this a memorable movie. Yeah. Number three, I realize this movie intentionally loses the cool mystique of the mafia, the Godfather accomplished. Yeah. The Sopranos did this to tremendous effect. I've never seen Sopranos. I should watch it. I've seen However, this film about, makes yeah. them all look like reprobates and idiots. While the list could go on, not even Robert De Niro can redeem this, the most overrated movie of all time. You know, you hearing have it, seen uh, Sopranos? Oh, yeah. I, I haven't seen all of it. I, I've watched, I've seen episodes here and there, so I never did the full, you know, top to bottom season. Never got invested oh, okay. in it, but... It was all right, but I, I couldn't, you know, looking at his arg- his arguments here that he made, maybe not number one, but I could see definitely putting it on this list. So what are some of the ones that you would put on this list? Avatar. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you it, know, I, I liked Avatar a lot, but I don't, you know, th- when people started killing themselves because th- there was no real Avatar world, yeah. that's when it went, okay, that makes it a little bit overrated. Yeah, I, and I'm putting Avatar on this list firmly having never watched it because I have whoa, whoa, it whoa, whoa, whoa. I have it sitting on Blu-ray on the shelf behind me, still sealed, have never watched it. And the main reason was when it came out, 
it was one of those movies that everybody I knew was like, you got to see this. It's the best thing ever. And because so I, I couldn't get to it right away. And then people started harassing me like, oh, I can't believe you haven't seen it. And then it became one of those things like, well, believe it. I ain't ever going to watch it. You know, where I kind of dug wait, wait. in on it. How, how can you say it's overrated, though, if you're not watching it out of spite? Just because the hype I've heard about it, there's no way it can be that good. That's well, what I'm, I'm purely basing it off that. But the way I'm I've gonna heard I'm going to try to change everyone. your mind here. Yeah. I'm going to try to change your mind and not to not to try to convince you that it's that great, okay. but to try to convince you to watch it. Okay. Because, number one, this is a James Cameron film. Mm-hmm. And James Cameron also did um, a whole Titanic. lot of other really good movies, like Titanic, that you just love. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my problem with James Cameron. He, he did Terminator. He, well, Terminator, I'll give him that. That's, that, that's a classic. My, my problem with him, though, is that he is so petty that he's now re-releasing Avatar, or maybe just did, just because he wants to take his, his record back from Endgame. It's like, come on. So, uh, Aliens. Yeah. The Abyss, Terminator yeah. 2, The Terminator. All films I love. I want you to just check it out because it's a sci-fi movie, uh-huh. even though it's Dances with Wolves in Space. We'll get that. <laughs> it's not I that think long, you would actually. Honestly, you, you, you enjoy the superhero movies and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. I think you'd like it. I, that's the main reason I want you to watch it. I think you would actually like it. I'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to pull it up. Like I said, I got the Blu-ray. Yeah, unwrap the cellophane. Yeah. I, I thought now, though, maybe a, a sealed copy, I'd just sell it and, you know, make some money or something, but... We'll see. I, I I should watch it. Just like I said, it's been so long yeah, now. But you should, yeah, you should totally watch. It. I I just at the time I was like, yeah, there's no way this film is anywhere near as good as what they're saying. No, it's not the best thing on the world, but no. it's entertaining. What would you add? Enough that I I, I purchased like a. Oh, never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Anyway, <laughs> you um, purchased 17 copies of it. <laughs> no, one no, no. for each room of your house. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> never mind. I'll tell you offline. Yeah, yeah. The Hurt Locker. From 2008. Uh, yeah. It was, it was actually, it was a decent movie. Mm-hmm. But what I disliked about it, because everybody was like, oh, this is the best movie ever. This this guy that's defusing the bombs mm-hmm. just has like free will to go do whatever he wants on his own. Yeah. You know, militarily. It's like, oh, uh, he just decides to go walk around. <laughs> it's like, he's, he's got no support. He's got no radio. It, some of that stuff just drew, drove me nuts over mm-hmm. that movie. Boy, I'm, man, I'm trying to think now, like, what are some other movies that everyone raves about that I remember watching and we're just like, eh, I don't know. So I, I remembered a few because I thought about this in advance. The, yeah. the A Beautiful Mind with um, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Oh, no, no, no that's Russell Crowe. Yeah. yeah, it's Russell Crowe and yeah, I'm Kate thinking Winslet. Sunshine of the Eternal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's no Kate Winslet. <laughs> no, no, I'm th- yeah, I know, I know what yeah. you're talking about. I Eternal that movie was yeah, that's what I was thinking. Boring. Yeah. Um and the same with oh what was the other one I was thinking of? 2001 a Space Odyssey. Ah. That was supposed to be so great. It was boring. You got monkeys getting mad. You got just like long shots. I just such slow rocket sequences <laughs> and they're trying to make up for it with the music. Hal's cool. But it's just so boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My parents had the soundtrack on a on an actual record. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic and it always made me want to 
watch the movie and the artwork is so great from 1968. Mm-hmm. The artwork is fantastic for the album, like for the, the cover, the, the yeah, yeah. artistry. Yep. And you watch the movie, you're like, yeah. <laughs> well, and this is one that that's highly touted from the filmmaking standpoint, the cinematography, the way it's shot, oh, the composition. Yeah, I can't disagree. Yeah, they say it, you know, it, it's it's highly acclaimed from that standpoint, but that does not say anything to me at all about the story. Cuz there are movies that are like that where I will watch them because visually they're amazing. Be it special effects or just brilliantly you know, scene for scene shot the way it's done, but the story itself is complete garbage. <laughs> you know, yeah. I I'm also gonna get some hate mail for this. Mm-hmm. Big Lebowski. Yeah, it was talked up as you know. Oh, you haven't seen the Big Lebowski? <laughs> I can see talked that. About it, we, we reviewed it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Jesse and I watched it, and it was it was good. Yeah, but it wasn't that good. Right. My right. opinion. I could see that. One uh, one that kind of falls on that list for me, even though the film is is a good film, uh, Lost in Translation with Bill Murray oh, and Scarlett Johansson. Seen it a couple times, and it's it's one of those ones where people hype it up to be just you know amazing, but visually the way it's shot, the way it's you know filmed, and all of that, absolutely, really, really a, a well done visual accomplishment. But story-wise, it's kind of, eh, it, nothing happens yeah. really. And it's this weird, creepy vibe of, you know, obviously <laughs> past middle-aged Bill Murray and a Scarlett Johansson that looks like she's still a teenager. Mm-hmm. Just a really kind of weird vibe, and I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. Like, I'm, I'm going to add uh, Blair Witch Project to this. Well, only because it, it, there was so much hype, mm-hmm. and then the moment that it came out that it was fake, it's completely it died. Boring. It's just <laughs> see, dead. I would, I would. Whole... <laughs> that's a tough one Go for ahead. me. That's a t- I see what you're saying, but that's a tough one for me because when you look at it, um, before anyone found out it was fake, this thing was like. Everyone was just ready, like, oh, my God, what is going on here, you know? And then once you found out it was fake, it took a lot of, you know, in fact, once you've seen the movie once and you know how it ends, at that point, the experience is done. But for what it was, that one single viewing, especially if you saw it before you found out it was faked, Mm -hmm. there's not much that can top that. I mean, it was was so unique. In, in its time, did something that film had not done. And the yeah. way it was marketed, the way it was put together, um, the, the whole th- approach and, and everything they did with it, the super low budget, it was so revolutionary where I think it's, it's, it is appropriately rated in that, if you're looking at it from that viewpoint. But like I said, once you've seen it once, the secret's out. And, yep. you know, and, and now yep. everyone knows obviously it's fake. And it's just, yeah, at that point it's... It doesn't doesn't hold its shine, right? That's all I could think of. Yeah, Do you I, have any more? You know, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I'm trying to think going through. I mean, I've seen working at the theater over the years, and I just watched so many films, and I'm I'm trying to oh, think. Yeah. I know there's together. a number of them that that are up there. To me, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. 
just because I'll, I'll get some hate mail on this because I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. I would put virtually every single Star Trek movie in that category. <laughs> um, All right. Just just because it, to me it's like I, I was a Star Wars kid. I don't hate Star Trek, but to me the story has never got me. Stop as, hating Star Trek. <laughs> I'm not hating Star Trek. This guy hates Star Trek. <laughs> I just would rather watch Star Wars. Is this shot an iPhone? <laughs> On iPhone, yeah. I made you sound like an old, hey, I uh, shot an iPhone. Yeah. Was that... Uh... Well, listeners, <laughs> listeners, why don't you tell us what your most overrated movies are? And we'll, yes. even, we'll even throw that out on Twitter once we release this episode. What what the heck? Yeah, what, why not? What's your, what's, your most unra- what, what's your most overrated movie and why? Yeah. I would like to know. Yep, absolutely. Get now, some hate mail from others on Twitter that are going to be like, what are you talking about? Well, that's the thing. A list like this, you know... This could be uh, a lot of good conversation. You know, one I see, I scrolled down this list a little ways. Mm-hmm. The Sound of Music is on here. <laughs> That's one I, I you know, yeah. I, I could see that. When you, but it's tough because when you look at a lot of these classic films, you know, from, mm-hmm. from the 50s, 60s, that were hugely impactful in the history of film, but they don't hold yep. up. So they're, they're you know, kind of a victim of their era, I guess. But Yeah. I the only know. one that... I know no one's going to agree with me on is um, Dark Knight Rises. To me, that was... <laughs> overrated like, to you? Completely overrated. Oh, man. We're ending um, the show now. <laughs> the Dark Knight <laughs> was great. Dark Knight Rises with Bane. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think... I this movie. Yeah. But it's like he starts out and he's he's all like lame you know and i don't mean like he's lame i mean like he's using a walking cane right and then catwoman comes in there and beats him up a little bit and he hasn't done anything he's just wussed out it's just (laughs) ah, i don't know i I wasn't sold you know and and to me i didn't I, i i always felt like dark knight was the the film of that trilogy Dark Knight yep. Rises was fun. It, it was full of problems, just like any of these films. But yeah, superhero sure. movies. <laughs> yeah. What? Superhero. Shot on iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing an Edgar suit. Uh, superhero sure. movies fall into this category for me where I have a hard time um, rating them against the hype because. Mm. You know, it's one of those things where the nature of those movies is is all hype. You know what yeah, I mean? Yep. And so you go, I, like for me at least, I go into them knowing there's no way possible they're ever going to live up to whatever media, you know, hype has been put out there. And so I always kind of go into them a little bit with the mindset of very much like, I don't care. It, it's not going to win an Oscar, but I bet you it'll be fun seeing my favorite heroes up on the screen. You know, that kind of mentality. Yep, so yep, makes it hard for me to do that, especially, you know, with Batman films because sure. he's one of my favorite heroes ever. But yep. Especially when he uses a walking cane. Right. I mean, that was my favorite version of Batman is, <laughs> you know. The, walking cane Batman. Yeah, Batman. walking. Complete. That's the action figure I wanted, complete with detachable cane. <laughs> and and uh, the, you know super tricked out like bathrobe he had on whatever he was oh wearing. yeah bat robe yeah bat robe <laughs> <laughs> with my bat robe yeah so i'm gonna throw oh. something at you on the spot i did this intentionally okay. because i've been been such a pest to you all week it's been a while since we've done a super review 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about next week, since we're talking about movies this week anyways, hmm. give our listeners a chance to watch the film that I'm going to recommend we watch. Okay. And next week, do a super review. Let's do it. Okay. So you remember a, a handful of episodes back, just before Jason left, we were talking about some other movies? Yep. We are going to watch the completely absurd and crazy sounding Lobster. In lobster. which that's the one where the uh what's his name now? I'm losing the actor's name. He has to do something or else choose to be trapped forever as his favorite animal or something along those lines. <laughs> Remember that okay. movie? Uh vaguely. All right. Hold on, I'm Let's pulling it, it up. So Lobs the Lobster is what it's called. It's starring um who is it starring? Colin Farrell and Rachel Weiss. Um, the, <laughs> it's an absurdist dystopian black comedy film directed, co-written, and co-produced. Blah, 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 blah. P- single people are given 45 days to find a romantic partner or otherwise be turned into animals. Starring Colin Farrell <laughs> as a newly single man trying to find someone right. so he can remain human. All right, we'll do that. So we're going out on a limb. We're going to get some lobster. We're going to watch the lobster, because I remembered when we talked about it, we all thought mm. the, the concept was so absurd that we yeah. almost had to see it. And this might be a super <laughs> review where we we end up having a good old laugh at this absurd movie. But listeners... If we, if we don't watch it, we might turn into an animal. <laughs> right, right. If you don't watch this, you will turn into an animal. So give it a watch if you can find it. Um, take a peek at it and then, uh, join us next week for the review of this kind of crazy, weird sounding movie, which neither one of us have even so much as seen a trailer for this thing. We just literally read just a synopsis. So go into it blind with us. Let's watch this thing and see what happens. Yeah. But watch it with your eyes open. (laughs) So be sure to listen and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, or tune in. And while you're there, leave a review and let us know what you think. Also, you can reach us over at digitalsouppodcast.com. We have a Facebook page, Instagram, or on Twitter at Digital Soupcast. And um, if you have any kind of follow-up thoughts on anything we talked about, drop us a message on any of the avenues above, or better yet, record that message on your computer or your phone and email it to adam at digitalsouppodcast.com and we'll play it on the show. So thank you guys for listening <laughs> so much. If you love what you're hearing and you want to support the show, we also have a super easy way that you can do that. And you can head on over to our Patreon page to find out how. And of course, sharing the show with the geeks in your life is always appreciated. You guys have an awesome week. We will catch you next time. Take care, guys. <laughs> <laughs>